Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome to the Ultimate NFL Season Preview, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Our Locked On local experts are here to help you get ready for the NFL season by going division by division, covering every team, their rivals, and the best players. But first, our Odyssey insiders Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfor are here to share their thoughts on each division. Today, it's the NFC West. Let's kick things off. Let's go to our Odyssey insider Jason Lockenfor with his thoughts on the division. NFC West might be the best division in football, and I could certainly see a scenario in which three teams reach the postseason. I tend to lean towards the L.A. Rams, though, as my favorite. I don't think people can really quantify just what an upgrade they're making at the quarterback position and how much more at ease and comfortable and willing to expand the playbook Sean McVay will be now that he has Matthew Stafford under center. Stafford gets to play behind one of the better offensive lines of his career. And obviously there's some age issues there and the Rams need to have health on their side, but their best five is more than good enough to allow Stafford to survey the field and pick defenses apart. We know the kind of offensive acumen they have. And yes, losing Brandon Staley is a big deal, but I think Raheem Morris will understand the same concepts that work so well there. For Aaron Donald and others, that team, to me, is the division favorite. San Francisco, the quarterback situation will play out through the season, but I can't imagine they suffer the kind of injuries they went through last year. I can't imagine their pass rush gets as crippled as it was last year. And I can't imagine teams are going to have a whole lot of fun facing the San Francisco offense, which can absolutely gash you with the outside zone run plays, and you sprinkle in some Trey Lance, good luck. The Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson's still there. If Russell Wilson plays every snap like he pretty much always does, you'll see Seattle in the postseason, despite some of their roster flaws. And Arizona, it's make or break time for Cliff Kingsbury. I have issues with the defense. I'm still not sure schematically as an overall offense they're where they need to be. Can Kyler Murray run around and make enough plays to get him to the postseason? Personally, I don't think so, but three from the West will get in. Welcome to the NFC West crossover preview from Locked On Podcast. I'm Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks. Glad to be joined by the rest of the NFC West crew. We're going to kick off the festivities talking about the best team from the NFC West, at least in the regular season last year, the Seattle Seahawks, who went 12-4 and to capture the division title. And then, unfortunately, they choked in the wildcard round and lost at home to the Rams. What's changed for the Seahawks going into the season? Well, one good thing that hasn't changed, number three, is still under center, despite all the reports that were out there this offseason. He's still playing quarterback, and the Seahawks have added some talent around him. They've added tight end Gerald Everett, who played for the Rams for the last four seasons, been a little bit of a thorn in Seattle's side in the past in those NFC West division rivalries. 
gives the Seahawks a, a little bit more athleticism and playmaking ability at the tight end position. They traded for Gabe Jackson to upgrade the offensive line that Russell Wilson called out during the offseason. So one of the better pass protecting guards in the league. And D. Eskridge, their rookie receiver, he's back from a toe injury, has looked explosive, 438 speed, another playmaker to go with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And most of the defense is brought back intact. They're excited about Jordan Brooks going in his second season next to Bobby Wagner and Daryl Taylor, who didn't play at all as a rookie, has looked pretty good during the preseason. He's going to be their new starting strong side linebacker. Jamal Adams is back under contract record breaking deal. They've got a bunch of depth along the defensive line, especially defensive end. So they're feeling like the way that they played the end of last season where the defense really picked it up the last eight games that they are in position to be a much improved defense during the 2021 season. So looking at where the Seahawks fit into this NFC West puzzle, obviously with, with Russell Wilson still being under center, Pete Carroll still being the coach and all the talent they have on both sides of the football, the Seahawks are equipped to make another deep playoff run, potentially push for a division title. But this is such a gauntlet of a division. All four teams, as we'll be talking throughout the show, all four teams could win the division. All four teams could be playoff teams. And so Seattle could finish first. They could get back into the playoffs as one of the top seeds, or they could potentially not be in the postseason, which could spell doom for the future of number three and his time in Seattle. So let's go around the table here a little bit, looking at the Seahawks. We'll start with Sosa Kremenges, our host for Locked on Rams. Seattle obviously finished ahead of the Rams last year but then the Rams got revenge in the postseason. What are your thoughts on the Seahawks going to this year? And if you could pick one player to steal off of the Seahawks roster, who would it be? Yeah, just before we dive in, I wanted to ask you one more question about the Seahawks. I know, of course, the Seahawks have had a lot of success, like we've mentioned, um, you know, even dating back to last year. What is something that you look at in terms of the team or the coaching staff that you expect uh, that needs to go right for the Seahawks to get over the hump of just being one of those teams that enters the playoffs, but actually, you know, ultimately finds a way into a deep playoff run or potentially a Super Bowl contender. No pressure on Shane Waldron, former Rams coach, that's now a first time offensive coordinator, but you're taking over a top five offense and expectations are that you are going to make this offense better. That is a lot of pressure for somebody that has never called plays at a level higher than high school. He is bringing some of the wrinkles from Sean McVay's offense up to Seattle, seeing more jet motion, a lot of the 12 personnel under center. The big key for him, can he get Russell Wilson to recover from that dreadful second half, at least by his standards? The second half was not a good one for Russell Wilson. If he's able to improve Wilson's productivity in the short to intermediate game, the quick passing game, then Wilson should be one of the front runners to win MVP. And as long as he's playing at that level, he can carry this football team. If the offense takes a step back from a schematic standpoint, then in this division with the talent there is, they could finish third or dead last. And again, uh, that could spell doom for the future with Russell Wilson playing in Seattle. So no pressure, Shane Waldron. <laughs> Absolutely. So in terms of who I think the Rams would, you know, love to get their hands on in a hypothetical situation here. And, uh, you know, some of our hosts may have the same answer. I think it's got to be inside linebacker Bobby Wagner. Of course, this guy's a potential Hall of Famer, one of the best linebackers and defensive players in general in the NFL, uh, a truly special player, a borderline, probably a surefire Hall of Famer at this point, and a guy that I think would obviously solve a lot of the issues for the Rams at that inside linebacker position, where they have a lot of question marks and 
unproven starters thus far. So uh, that seems like a seamless fit to me, but I'm going to pass it off now to our Locked On Cardinals hosts, Bo Brock and Alex Clancy, who you guys got? Oh, man, I want the redo on the uh, 2019 draft. Andy Isabella, the Cardinals take him in the second round. Let's go get DK Metcalf. Let's jump in the DeLorean, gun it to 88, and get DK Metcalf playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins. That's who I want. Maybe not Jamal Adams and his ability to get to the quarterback. We want the guy that can run fast in a straight line and make big plays for the offense. Who needs a time machine? Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, I would jump on with, with Sosa and say uh, Bobby Wagner just because Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons need as much help they can get um, you know, leadership wise, Bobby Wagner is maybe the most undervalued linebacker in the league. Fred Warner just got his money. He's the heir apparent in the NFC West. But I mean, I, I would say um, Bobby Wagner, no question. Jump to Brian Peacock and Mr. Crock over there um, from Locked On 49ers. What do you guys say? Yeah. Hey, thanks for letting us talk, guys. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. no, look, I, actually, the Seahawks have done a great job of stealing players that I thought for sure would be great fits with the 49ers. They did it with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's first draft in 2017. Since you took mine and DK Metcalf, who that was a big one. And the 49ers drafted a wide receiver a couple spots after that. I know the cards drafted Andy Isabella. Don't know what they were thinking there because uh, Croc and I both had DK Metcalf as wide receiver one in that draft. But a guy I loved in 2017 when the 49ers selected Solomon Thomas, number three overall, was uh, the, the guy that just – Got re-upped for a whole bunch of money. And look, I don't know if you want to pay a safety, whatever it is, $17.5 million per year, but Jamal Adams is a stud. He was a culture changer type of player in that draft. I loved him. He's an edge, pass-rushing safety. He's a unique breed, um, but he's just, I don't know what position you even want to call him, but I just call him impactful. So I'm going to go with Jamal Adams as the player I would steal from, especially with the 49ers going through some injury problems at strong safety right now. I'll go with Jamal Adams and steal him from the Seahawks. Croc, who you got? Man, I'm going with DK Metcalf still. I mean, you look at the 49ers receiver core, and, you know, their best guys are about 5'11", and they don't have that big go-getting guy, especially a guy that can really stretch the field. So you kind of kill two birds with one stone being able to get a guy like DK Metcalf who can not only stretch the field with his vertical speed, but also be that big catch radius guy for Trey Nance who tends to miss a little bit, right? So now, how did you help Cam Newton back in the day, right? They had the big six-foot-five receivers, with the wide catch radius to help your kind of quarterback that could possibly be a little inaccurate. Do the same thing for Trey Lance, but also a guy who can outrun any secondary. Yeah, I know Croc said six foot five wide receivers. I'm not sure if Kellen Benjamin's a receiver or, or a left tackle, but uh, that's going to do it for our Seahawks wrap up here. And we're going to now dive into the Los Angeles Rams. And of course, I was introduced a few minutes ago by my man Corbin. Uh, and there's a lot of changes for the Rams this season. And of course, none bigger than the quarterback position. The Rams are moving on from Jared Goff after a very successful tenure with the team. A former first overall pick in 2016, the Rams rode the back of Jared Goff all the way to a Super Bowl. Of course, they did not win that Super Bowl, but a very successful tenure with the team that kind of ended awkwardly this past season, got benched for his backup in John Wolford, and then the Rams ultimately dumped him to the Detroit Lions and got a 12-year veteran in Matthew Stafford, who has yet to win a playoff game throughout his entire career. So obviously a bit of a projection in terms of what he's going to bring to the team and to the franchise, and especially for a guy that's never played anywhere except for Detroit, quite a big leap to Los Angeles. But in terms of the talent, it does appear that Stafford is going to be a step up and an improvement over Jared Goff. So there's obviously that factor to it. And Sean McVay, for the first time in his career, 
got to handpick his guy. I mean, he did not draft Jared Goff. He inherited Jared Goff. And of course, he and general manager Les Snead did elect to pay Jared Goff. But now they've got their own guy. Stafford is the guy that they handpicked. They paid a big, big price for him, of course. And uh, this team now has Super Bowl aspirations. Of course, uh, Corbin mentioned that the Rams and the Seahawks did meet last year in the wild card round of the playoffs. And it was a very strange game where the Rams went through a quarterback, had another quarterback stepping in and Jared Goff, who could not even throw the football because of a thumb injury. And the Rams had to really win on the back of their defense. So a confusing season, I would say, especially the end of the Rams season there. But all in all, the Rams had quite a successful season. Now they head into this one with a new quarterback, some familiarity in the offense, of course, with Sean McVay remaining and a couple of very good defenders in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So it seems like they've definitely got an opportunity to not only make the playoffs once again, but to potentially make a deep run. Defensive coordinator from that uh, successful defense last year is now the head coach for the Chargers across the uh, the new stadium out there in Los Angeles. How big of a void is that left for the Rams? Yeah, that's a rather big one for sure, Bo. Uh, I mean, when you look at it, Brandon Staley, it was his first time as a defensive coordinator in the NFL, and I don't think you can make a possible uh, better entrance, you know, as a debut as a defensive coordinator. I mean, the Rams had the number one ranked defense by all accounts last season. And of course, you know, he rode the back of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey as superstars and other guys like John Johnson and Darius Williams, for example. But at the same time, game planning is half of the battle here and adjusting at halftime when things are going right or not going right is the other half of the battle. And of course, Brandon Staley is now with the Los Angeles Chargers and very deservedly uh, just an incredible play caller and coach and leader. And now the Rams have Raheem Morris, who was formerly with the Atlanta Falcons. So quite a projection there. We don't know exactly what's going to happen here, but at the end of the day, the Rams still do have Donald and Ramsey and some of those aforementioned superstars. So Morris is going to get the luxury of getting to lean on those guys, but it really depends on how he's going to be able to call this defense and what kind of principles they're going to install. Are they going to remain the same defense that they had under Brandon Staley or not? I think a lot of these questions need to be answered, and I think we're going to get them relatively quickly this season, but uh, it's really going to depend because ultimately how this defense does could very well determine how well this team does. But in terms of this roster, and I've mentioned a few of the superstars, I'm sure you guys would love to poach. Uh, I'll pass it off now to our friends over at Locked On Cardinals. Guys, which guy are you stealing from this Rams roster in a hypothetical situation? Um, I can't speak for Bo, but I think it's Jalen Ramsey, and there's no real uh, debate about it. And again, this is more for need. I know that there is a robot Adonis that you know is is terrorizing quarterbacks across the NFL and Aaron Donald, <laughs> but Jalen Ramsey is the best corner. I don't think it's really close right now in the NFL. I might just be NFC West centric, but I think he is an absolute machine and the Cardinals don't have any of those or anywhere close to that. So that's why I say Jalen Ramsey without a doubt. Well, on a daily basis, you're wrong like you are right here. I mean, it's unbelievable because you talk about the biggest void for the Arizona Cardinals and it's on the sidelines. I want Sean McVay. Can I trade for Sean McVay? Is Way he to change the rules. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Let's just change the rules. That counts. It doesn't say I can't take Sean McVay, so I'm taking the head coach. He's won no less than nine games. The Arizona Cardinals haven't beaten the Rams since the Obama administration. That's because of Sean McVay. It also has to do with Aaron Donald, but I'm taking the guy that's pulling all the strings. Give me McVay. What do you got? Uh, let's go with it, our guys from the Niners. Yeah, that was great by you, Bo, too, because it was it was nice to hear another name because, let's be honest, the Rams only have three players worth. <laughs> the roster, so we had to kind of go off the map there a little bit. Um, 
I'm going to go with, uh, there's some low-hanging fruit there. The best player maybe in the NFL, regardless of position, uh, is on that roster. But uh, I'm going to go with the quarterback, the guy they brought in, Matthew Stafford, who Kyle Shanahan admitted he was interested in and was a little upset that the Rams went in and got him so quickly this offseason. And maybe that helped spur the idea that he was willing to give up three first-round picks to go get himself his future franchise quarterback. But uh, right now, with the addition of Matthew Stafford, the 49ers, even though they're paying one quarterback $26 million and spent three first-round picks on uh, a hotshot rookie who's got all the talent in the world, the 49ers still have the fourth and fifth best quarterbacks in the NFL going into the season. Now they hope that changes and they hope Trey Lance becomes the best quarterback uh, in the division here. Uh, But right now they have fourth and fifth in this division. So I'm going to say Matthew Stafford, one of the three true blue chippers on this team in a, and there's some really good players on the, on the Rams. Don't get me wrong. And, and some nice supplemental pieces, but this is a very stars and scrubs type of roster. And it's been pretty amazing to see what McVay has done with this team and the way that this thing has been built by less needs. So I'm fascinated by how it continues to go. And if Stafford really is that guy, and he was just held down by a terrible franchise in Detroit crock, who you got from this Rams roster. I think most people would think like, you know, Eric Crocker, defensive back guy, he's going with Jalen Ramsey. And I want to, but they have the best player in the NFL and not just the best defensive player. I'm talking about the overall best player in the NFL. So I'm taking Aaron Donald and the 49ers, a team that likes to build in the trenches, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, they've used a lot of draft capital at those spots. I'm going with Aaron Donald. I've seen what this team does when that front line can get after it. So I'm pairing Donald with D Ford with Nick Bosa and Ken Law and whoever else can rotate at that other spot. But Aaron Donald, man, I mean, you can't block him. He's game changer, especially having a player of Bosa's caliber outside of him. So give me him, and I know I'm fine on the back end because that front seven just gets so much pressure. So I'm going to go with a little bit different player here. I would love to see Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey in a Seahawks uniform just to get him away from a division rival. But obviously those are two areas of concern on this defense. But – I'm going to go with a player that has had Russell Wilson's number over the past calendar year. And that's Darius Williams. I think he's picked Russell Wilson off like 15 times in three games. So I just want to get him out of a Rams uniform and into a Seahawks uniform so that Russell Wilson stops having a magnetic football that keeps finding him in the secondary. And he's a really good player to go with it. I think he's one of the most underrated corners in the game. And the Seahawks could just use help at corner after losing Shaheel Griffin in free agency. And they didn't really do a great job replacing him. So Darius Williams would be a huge upgrade for them in the secondary. I like that adjustment a little bit uh, of a different pick. And I think Wilson will be, you know, part of the reason Darius Williams, uh, his kids are going to have trust funds coming up here soon. So uh, that's going to do it for our Locked on Rams divisional preview. And we're going to pass it off now to our Locked on Cardinals host, Bo. Alex, how are you guys looking? Um, Looking pretty good. What's changed? Um, Everything. You know, you bring in J.J. Watt for leadership and hopefully 80% of the capability that we saw from years past. You bring in A.J. Green to have some sort of stability on the outside. You bring in Malcolm Butler to have one cornerback that's played football over the last couple of years that's not Byron Murphy. You've brought in a culture shift, and I feel like that's something that was desperately needed in the Arizona Cardinals, and I'll let Bo uh, piggyback on this, but what we've seen from this offseason is this is the last shot for Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. So we'll see if Cliff Kingsbury's offense is not the focal point is not the feared side of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals come 2021. Why is he the head coach? And hopefully he'll be able to show why he's still an NFL head coach after this season. Yeah. I mean, for the first time in a long time, expectations probably for the first time since 2017, 
that this team has expectations. And with that comes pressure to perform. I mean, it's easy to improve off three wins. It's easy to improve off of five wins. But improving off of eight wins, that's going to be big for the Arizona Cardinals. At one point last year, Alex, they were, they were ahead of schedule. And then somehow they disappointed by the end of the year. They went eight and eight, and they were on the outside looking into the postseason. And now there's the expectations, as you mentioned, for Cliff Kingsbury. They've got to win. If they don't, he's probably done as a head coach at the NFL level. And then Steve Kime, I don't know. He's got pictures of somebody. I don't know if he, he will go away. But he can continue to terrorize the Arizona Cardinals and their fan base. It's going to come down to Kyler Murray at the end of the day, though. I mean, you can talk about that defense, you know, all the additions, first round pick and Zayvon Collins. Uh, there's some excitement in the secondary as far as some young players there. Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in football. Uh, but it's going to come down to Kyler Murray taking a Josh Allen type leap in year three, don't you think? I mean, he's got to yeah. play at that level for them to, to succeed in the most stacked division in the league. Right. The thing that cannot happen this year is the Cardinals can't lose games when Kyler Murray's not running the ball effectively. I mean, that was right. the big the big separation from the first half of the year to the second half. He was running well the first half, bailing Cliff Kingsbury out of probably bad play calling. And then in the second half of the season, that didn't happen. They lost games. They missed the playoffs. So that's but, you know, you know, all these guys know there's a ton of talent on this roster. It's very top heavy. And I got to I got to imagine these guys are kind of frothing at the mouth thinking about who they could cherry pick from our roster and add to their NFC West squad. Let's ask our guy, Corbin Smith from the Seattle Seahawks, who he wants to pick up from the cards. Well, before I answer that question real quick, guys, do you think that it's playoff or bust for Cliff Kingsbury? Because I thought his first year that he exceeded expectations, made a lot of good adjustments. And last year it felt like it was the polar opposite. Yeah. It is, but the thing is, before we even talk about that, you have to avoid the two and five start. The two and five start, him getting fired, and then there being Armageddon on your hands. You want to have that conversation of, should they keep him at the end of the year and not, oh no, they fired him midway through the season. So yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's all, it's top seven or bust, it, it, 100%. As far as players that I would steal, I'm actually going to go with an offensive lineman here, a player that's new for the Cardinals, Rodney Hudson, because before Gabe Jackson was acquired by the Seahawks, that was the player that I thought Seattle was going to try to get from the Raiders. And Rodney Hudson has been one of the best centers in the NFL for a really long time. And they're going to be most likely starting Kyle Fuller in week one, and that should scare the living hell out of all Seahawks fans. So give me Rodney Hudson. Give me some stability in the middle of that offensive line, a proven commodity to snap the football to Russell Wilson. Keep upgrading that offensive line. Yeah, and like Bo mentioned, this roster is very top-heavy, but there is a lot of star quality, and it'd be surprising if this team doesn't do much better than anticipated. I mean, just looking at this roster, it's it's loaded. So uh, for the Rams, I think uh, the logical connection here would be to poach Chandler Jones, the edge rusher who – Maybe on his way out anyways, it sounds like uh, there may be some sort of a trade being facilitated potentially. So um, this is a guy that obviously missed last year, the entire season due to injury, but one of the most underrated players in football, a legitimate pass rusher, one of the most productive from that edge spot, a guy that's been successful in two different cities now, two different franchises, and the Rams don't have a lot of depth here. Leonard Floyd and then Justin Hollins, a bit of a question mark, and then a lot of injury concerns after those two. I think that would be a seamless transition for the Rams. And ultimately, it'd be very fun to get to pair that guy with Aaron Donald. Yeah, those are good ones, guys. And Corbin, props to go into the worst unit on the Cardinals roster to find your player that you would steal away. Uh, well done there. I'm going to go with... But he's guy. a good one. <laughs> I'm going to go with the guy. That, actually, real quick, guys, is that 
a pro- is that the problem on this team, the offensive line, or is Kyler Murray sort of offensive line proof because of how athletic he is? I, I think that's a misconception. If you look at the Arizona Cardinals offensive line, it's probably the second best unit in the uh, NFC West. I mean, it's not saying much, but DJ Humphreys is a guy that's a fringe pro bowler. Rodney Hudson really solidifies the the offensive line. And then they've got, you know, NFL caliber starting offensive linemen across it. Justin Pugh, he's okay when he's healthy. Uh, you know, Calvin Beecham was actually a really nice piece on the right tackle spot, the bookend thing. So I actually think it's an underrated group. I'm going to go to the secondary for my player. I'm stealing away from that roster in Buda Baker. I love the do-it-all types, the guys that you can line up just about anywhere and the era of positionless football we're in, especially when you got to go up against a guy like Kyle Shanahan twice a year with sort of the the weapons they're putting together with that 49ers new look offense this year. Buda Baker is my guy, so give me some Buda. Croc? Yeah, I mean, you stole my guy. Definitely was taking Buda Baker. You know, love everything he does. And my biggest complaint with the 49ers – Secondary, especially Ward and Tart, who are really good safeties, but they don't take the ball away. Buda Baker definitely does that. Now, since I'm not going Buda Baker, I'm going back to the offensive side, and I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins. I just watched 49ers quarterback, rookie, Trey Lance, and it seems like he throws the ball a little bit too hard for the 49ers receivers. So I'm going to go with the guy that has the best hands in the NFL, and that just happens to be DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to be dropping those hot passes coming from Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I, I believe he led all the preseason with 10 dropped passes in the preseason. That's crazy. Can't have that, so I'm going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, interesting things, guys. I, you know, uh, Krog, you're going to have a hell of a wide receiving core on your team on the 49ers with DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, <laughs> the offensive line, just to just to put a button on what Bo said, uh, Bo's right, like Kyler Murray's ability to maneuver outside of the pocket makes their job a lot easier. But that's one of the stronger units on this team, especially with the acquisition of Ronnie Hudson playing center. So uh, that's a Locked On Cardinals uh, wrap-up. Let's jump over to Brian Peacock and Mr. Croc himself from Locked On 49ers. What has changed? Uh, a ton has changed. It's been a wild, wild offseason for the San Francisco 49ers heading into 2021. The big change, obviously, was spending everything as much as we've seen in some time to go up and get a player in the draft. They went from 12-3 to 3 to draft Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. He is the quarterback of the future, and he might be a part-time quarterback of the present based on what we've seen so far in the preseason. A little bit of a two-quarterback system being unveiled by Kyle Shanahan in the third preseason game. How much will he be in and out of the lineup? We're still not sure. We'll find out, but it's going to be a lot of fun this year, and it sounds like they're going to try to sort of develop him on the fly while they still have the veteran in Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter there. Uh, They added a couple of running backs in the draft in Trey Sermon, and Elijah Mitchell, a couple of offensive linemen, and second-round guard Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame, who is now hurt and played awful in one preseason game, so he's not going to see the field anytime soon. But a guy who has been a surprise so far as fifth-round offensive tackle out of Western Michigan, Jalen Moore. looks like he's going to be the backup to Trent Williams at left tackle as a rookie. And then they doubled up at corner as well with Ambry Thomas in the third round and Diamador Lenore in the fifth. They the Really, the big work they did, aside from going and getting a quarterback in Trey Lance, is they re-signed a couple of star players of their own they paid trent williams six years 138 million dollars with 40 million guaranteed they brought back the best fullback in the game in kyle use and then they were able to bring back jason verrett who played like a cb1 last year but he's had such a long injury history they got a deal to bring him back on a one-year 5.5 million dollar contract and verrett betting on himself that he can go back into free agency stay healthy again and earn that big contract i think in 2022 some key losses not a surprise to see the seahawks going in and stealing 
players from the rest of the division. They lost both Kerry Hyder defensive end and Akella Witherspoon, the corner to the Seahawks, who both started games for the 49ers last year. Uh, Kendrick Bourne went and signed in New England for a little bit too much money, probably. I think that's why he didn't end up back with the 49ers. Three years, 15 million dollars guaranteed uh, a couple other players Solomon Thomas we mentioned him earlier in the program their first draft pick with this regime in San Francisco signed as an unrestricted free agent for a one-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders in terms of the 49ers I know you guys mentioned a little bit there uh, the quarterback position obviously Trey Lance the young guy we're all sort of anticipating when he's going to be in that lineup. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the former starter, a guy that dragged that team to, well, I shouldn't say dragged that team, but was part of a team that went to a Super Bowl and nearly won. Uh, what are the expectations for this team going into this season? Obviously, they're going from a former veteran quarterback to a rookie at some point, presumably. Are the expectations to make the playoffs? Or is it sort of one of those seasons where you're just kind of trying to get that rookie acclimated and sort of seeing what he can bring towards the future? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on who you ask. If you ask the 49er fans, they want Jimmy Garoppolo to play because they feel like this is a Super Bowl-ready team. I think most people that have realistic expectations expect the 49ers to be good, right, a playoff team. Now, you have to take into consideration the division that the 49ers are in. And obviously, as we've talked about, this is a gauntlet of a division. So if the 49ers do slip a little bit, I think even then you'd expect this team to be a wild-card caliber team. Uh, the Super Bowl expectations to me, I, I think they're just a, a little too rich. But I think what a lot of people are kind of leaning on is the fact that the 49ers had like the most injuries in the NFL last year, including the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's been a big issue with Garoppolo since being with the 49ers. He's only finished, what, one full season. In the other two years that he's been quarterback in the team, he only finished three games in each of those seasons. You can't win that way. And I think that's been a big hit to Kyle Shanahan's overall record. A lot of people point to, you know, him saying he's not that great of a coach because he's only had one winning season in four years. A lot of that has to do with losing his quarterback. So right now, 49ers are probably as healthy heading into this season as they've been in Kyle Shanahan's entire regime. I expect them to definitely be a playoff team with this roster. It, it is ready to go. Plenty of players, I think, to be stolen away from this roster, right, Croc? Uh, Sosa, what do you think? Who would you take from this 49ers roster? Is it not the most loaded roster in the NFC West? We no. are talking about the NFC best here, so there's plenty of competition. Uh, by far the best division in the NFL. I, I could honestly see this division finishing in any possible order with these four teams. I will say that, and I think all four teams legitimately think they should go out and make the playoffs, but it's very unlikely that that happens. So, yeah, there's, there's a ton of talent here. Um, also, yeah, you're right. The 49ers do have the best roster in the league. <laughs> don't have the best quarterback. And I think that's where the biggest difference is. Yep. Oh, the, only the most important position in, in sports. <laughs> that's where you're lacking. Everything else is fantastic. It, I mean, it's questionable whether this is the best roster. But like you guys mentioned, this is the best division in football. I think maybe some others like the AFC North might, you know, put their stamp on that as well. But that's I could legitimately see four teams making the playoffs. I don't even know if that's physically possible, but there's four teams that are quality teams in this division. But uh, to begin it off, this one was a tough one. I mean, there's a handful of players here. I want to go with Fred Warner at that middle linebacker spot, but Bobby Wagner was a player that I already keyed on uh, with the Seahawks. So I'm going to go with Trent Williams, the left tackle. And of course, you know, the Rams do have Andrew Whitworth there, which kind of signals a little bit of an issue, but even a few years ago when Trent Williams was joining the 49ers coming off of that stint with the Washington football team, 
Andrew Whitworth actually did go to general manager Les Snead and told him to trade for Trent Williams and that he would have been happy to slide over to left guard. So in this scenario, that's what we're going to do. We're going to plug in Trent Williams at left tackle, slide Whitworth, big old wit, all reliable to left guard and have one of the best left tackle guard duos in the NFL. And with the collective age of 287, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, I understand. I understand Trent Williams and, and his value for that roster. I'm going to go a little bit off here. Looking at the Cardinals roster. I talked with Bo about this leading up to the draft and during the draft, and before they traded for Rodney Hudson, this is the guy that I wanted them to take this year. Trey Sermon's the best running back in that back in that backfield. I know Raheem Mostert has popped. I understand that he's already established, but for the next five or six years, I trust Trey Sermon to stay on the field longer, to be able to take the pounding longer, and if he can become even better catching the ball out of the backfield, he you could see a top five back out of San Francisco and, and not name Raheem Mostert. So I'm taking Trey Sermon. I thought you were going to say Kyle Shanahan's flat brim hat or his Yeezys. I don't know. Something would have been better than Sermon. Get a hat that fits you. It's George Kittle. That's the answer, especially if you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals roster. They have nobody that can make a play at the tight end position. They've got some decent blocking tight ends, but playmaking, they lack that. George Kittle can do it all. Give him to me. Give me George Kittle. Corbin, who you got? You know, Kittle was going to be my selection just mainly because it would be a chance to rectify one of the biggest what-ifs for the Seahawks. They were literally on the phone getting ready to draft George Kittle, and it was like two picks ahead of them the 49ers ended up getting him. So uh, that would have been my pick, but since you guys went with him, uh, I'm going to go out to the receiver position, actually, because Russell Wilson could always use an extra weapon, and Brandon Ayuk is a player that I think has a very high ceiling Loved his film at Arizona State. And just the type of player he is, similar in a sense to what D. Eskridge is going to bring to the table, but a player that you can get involved with the bubble screen game. You can run the football with him some. He's got the ability to win downfield. Uh, why not turn this into an air raid offense to an extent? Have D.K. Metcalf, D. Eskridge, Tyler Lockett, and Brandon Ayuk out there on the outside. And just hope your offensive line is just good enough that Russell Wilson can actually get the ball to him. And maybe Rodney Hudson can help us do that. That's going to do it for our uh, team previews here. And of course, we've talked about it. I feel like through everyone's team at this point, this division clearly has four teams that are capable of making the playoffs. I think uh, every host in this call right now feels pretty decent about their potential team uh, finding a way to the NFC playoffs. So that's what we're going to spend the final segment diving into, breaking down our predictions for how this NFC West is going to shake out. Now we're back with the prediction time. And I guess we can begin here with uh, the last place 49ers from last year, and we'll kind of work our way to the top team, the Seattle Seahawks. So Brian, Croc, how do you guys got this NFC West shaking out this season? Worst to first, maybe. I mean, what else is there? Croc, the the 49ers (laughs) have an opportunity. Look, uh, I I think they're a well-coached team. I think there's a ton of talent everywhere. I think there was an absurd amount of injuries for this team with just a little bit of luck. The 49ers should be right back there at the top like they were the year before they did that with Jimmy G. If you are able to sort of use Trey Lance as a changeup to Jimmy Garoppolo this year, put him in successful positions, uh, use him situationally, help you in the red zone, help uh, just make life more difficult for opposing defensive coordinators. Uh, if really uh, the guy that I can't believe you guys didn't want to steal from this roster, Nick Bosa, if he stays healthy, I think he's one of the bigger keys if not as big a key as, as both of these quarterbacks together. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to be a problem for every team in the league, and I can't wait to see how Kyle Shanahan 
puts these two quarterbacks together to see what this offense looks like. They're they're a great team, but there's a lot of good teams in this division. Croc, do you see the 49ers going back to uh, going from first to worst, back to first again? I want to be a homer and say that, but I, I just have to go with the Seahawks. There, there's something about the Seahawks and even their roster. I think in theory, when you think of the roster, you think of you know Russell Wilson just carrying this team all the time. But now start talking about getting a guy like Durant Eskridge to go with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. You got Chris Carson. He's going to be pounding the rock. All right. Then on the defensive side of the ball, like it seems like the defense has kind of revamped a little bit, adding some uh, free agents in the secondary, also re-upping the contract with Jamal Adams and his playmaking ability as long as he's on the field for the entire season. That's a scary team paired with an amazing head coach. So we already know with this team how good they are with just having to rely on Russell Wilson to do everything. Now I feel like this is one of the more talented teams that rosters he's had around him in recent years. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Seahawks at the top. I'll go with the Niners right there. And we're going to go with the Cardinals last just because I just don't care for the head coach of the Cardinals. Yeah. So after Cliff Kingsbury gets fired after the two and five start in week seven, right? That's how that goes. And then we know that Matthew Stafford doesn't make the playoffs and doesn't win playoff games. So that's why they're third in the yeah. division, right? So that and makes Jimmy Ward said it. So it must be true. Let's go to Bo Brock and Alex Clancy because they're both dying to yell at us right now. What do, how do you guys see this division finishing? Brutal, man. Brutal. Can you, we really have to follow that up as far as uh, Mr. One Win Season there in San Francisco, and they're talking about the coaching. The coaching, Alex, but it is going to come down to Cliff Kingsbury and his ability to take the step in the right direction, show that he belongs, because I, you know, a lot of people have made the decision that Cliff Kingsbury is overmatched. I think you're one of the guys that believes that. I think the jury's still out. He's a young guy. He can still mature a little bit as a head coach. It's going to take him doing that this year. But man, uh, it, this division, I'm, I'm going to say right now, they're going to cannibalize each other to the point to where there's not going to be a top seed up for grabs because of how tough this division is. Like they're not going to be playing for a first round bye because the division is going to be won probably in week 17 or 18. Yeah, agreed. Um, and when Cliff Kingsbury gets fired in week seven, <laughs> that means Nick Bosa will have missed six games anyways. You know, because oh, wow. if he stays healthy, that's the one of the toughest clauses to start a sentence with because <laughs> I just forgot. I just didn't listen to the rest of the sentence. Um, I agree. I don't think the Cardinals can win the division. I, I, they're just not there yet. Um, these non-division schedule for all four of these teams is brutal. Like last year, the Cardinals probably should have won 11 games with the, with the quarterbacks that they played against, backups, Andy Dalton, et cetera. This year, it's nails from 1 to 17. The Cardinals have Houston at home, and then they have Thursday night football at home against Green Bay. Those are the only two home games they have in a row. So it's going to be, as Bo mentioned, can't, there's going to be a lot of cannibalism for sure in the NFC West. And I, I do see the Rams winning the division just because they have the highest floor. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Matt Stafford, you're right. He hasn't played him to the top five defensive players in the league. So I say the Rams. I put the Cardinals probably last. And then the 49ers third and Seattle second because of Russell Wilson. Corbin Smith locked on Seahawks. What do you think? So I don't listen. I don't want to sound like I'm being a homer here, but I Russell Wilson is still the best quarterback in this division. And even with Matthew Stafford coming in, I do think Stafford is a major upgrade over Jared Goff. But I think this was mentioned a few times earlier. My issue with the Rams is if they have a couple injuries that hit during the season, they already lost Cam Akers. This is a team because they have sold out to bring in star players. They've sent a lot of draft capital to get players like Jalen Ramsey and then part of this trade to get Stafford. 
their depth is very questionable in my mind. Now, Sean McVay has shown that he can coach players up, so maybe they can offset that. But that's my concern. Your left tackle is going to be 40 years old soon. Seattle knows about this with an aging left tackle and Dwayne Brown. There, there just are enough question marks for me. I don't know if I can say they're going to win the division. If, if everything goes as planned health-wise, then that could be a team that wins 13, 14 games and be one of the top seeds in the NFC. But I think Seattle with Russell Wilson, a second full season with Jamal Adams, being comfortable in this scheme. Carlos Dunlap for a full season. He's looked great in training camp. He's just happy to be out of Cincinnati. They've got Quandre Diggs coming back. He might get a new contract here before the season starts. I mean, there are a lot of pieces on both sides of the football. I think D. Eskridge coupled with Shane Waldron coming in is a perfect marriage, that receiver with that offensive scheme, considering the other receivers they have. They have all the weapons in place to be one of the best teams in the NFC, and there can't be any excuses for not making a deep run this year. If they don't, number three will be wanting out of town because he wants to win championships. This team has too much talent to fall flat. If they do, some heads are going to roll in Seattle. So I think the Seahawks do win this division. I think the Rams finish second. I think the 49ers and Cardinals are going to be very close, but I'm going to have the 49ers just because I think there's a bit more talent on that roster overall. I have them edging out the Cardinals, and I'm going to have to repeat this uh, based on what a few of you said. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. You couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes consistently at college. I don't trust you to win in the NFL consistently. And so I have to go to the Cardinals last. I think the talent's there for them to compete to be one of the top two spots, but everything's going to have to go perfectly. And I, I just think there's too many other good teams in this division. Before we go to Sosa to finish up with the Rams, uh, you mentioned something. We've all sort of mentioned something that's out there, and that's injuries. And it hit the 49ers really hard last year. I think that's going to be one of the factors that really yeah. plays into the pecking order of how these teams finish in this division this year. For example, Corbin, like what – what do you? What would you put? Like, what kind of a record would the Seahawks have if, say, Russell Wilson tours ACL tomorrow? Let's go for the number one pick. That's how bad it would get. Okay. Okay. See. So yeah, I've, I've, but, Geno Smith is not terrible, but that that's a huge drop off. What about Magoo? Uh, he's not on the roster anymore. So <laughs> oh, they cut Magoo. That was my. Bad. They cut Magoo. All right. Let's Mr. Continue. Magoo had like 500 interceptions this preseason, so he's good. Let's can let's continue our Cliff Kingsbury roast. Wrap it up here, Sosa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like anyone here respects the loafers, man. This it's been a tough ride for the Cardinals here, but it feels like there's a lot of homers on this call. You know, I might continue that trend here. I'm going to go with the Rams taking this division. You know, it's going to be a little bit unusual with Matthew Stafford, of course. Uh, like we mentioned, not any playoff wins in that 12-year career. But I just think things are going to be a little bit different for the Rams this time around. He's got the best coach he's ever had in his career, the best offensive supporting cast he's ever had, the best defense he's ever had, probably the best team he's ever had. So there's a lot of hype for the Rams here, and I think it's warranted. So I do think that the Rams are going to finish first, but Corbin does bring up a good point. They are a very top-heavy roster, and uh, injuries strike, and they can strike at any point in time. And if they do... Of course, the Rams would be in big trouble with that stars and scrubs approach like Brian mentioned a while ago. Uh, but I have the Rams finishing on top. As we know right now, they're relatively healthy, and I think they are the best well-put-together team as well as the coaching staff. I think they, they're the most proven. So I'm going to go with the Rams first. I think the 49ers are going to get some of that positive injury regression. And uh, this is a team that I really do believe. I think Kyle Shanahan is a quality coach. I have them landing second. And then third and fourth was a little bit tougher I still got it with the Seahawks at third and the Cardinals at fourth, but this division is going to be tough. And I think each team has a legitimate case to make the playoffs in this season. So there is quite 
a tight battle between these teams. And I, you know, I agree with Bo. I don't think that there's going to be any one seed available for any of these teams, just based off of how uh, tight these battles are going to be within the division. Yeah. And let me, let me pop in here. So, so uh, Brian brought up injury. So with Cam Akers out for the year, bringing in Sony Michelle, in my opinion, gave up too much for a guy that can't stay healthy, but there, there's a, and we're all doing fantasy football drafts. Now there's Xavier Jones has been getting a little bit of buzz as maybe a third guy, is that running room going to be good enough to support Matthew Stafford's limitations? That's one of the big questions for sure is, you know, Daryl Henderson, the running back one, can he stay healthy? That's the big issue with him. Uh, Sony Michelle, like you mentioned, the running back two, injury issues of his own. I mean, this guy is a Georgia running back with arthritic knees. I think I've went through that story before. There was a guy that played for the Rams. I believe his name was Todd Gurley with the exact same scenario. So a little bit too close for comfort there, but that is the concern. You know, Matthew Stafford's obviously never really had a good running game in Detroit. That's been something that was always tough for him uh, as a passer and within that offense. So definitely a concern, but I think at the end of the day, you got to trust Sean McVay and his offense, that offensive line. But it is definitely one area for the Rams to look out for on that offensive side of the ball. But that's going to do it uh, for these divisional previews as well as the NFL Ultimate Season Preview here. On behalf of all the Locked On hosts of the NFC West, thank you guys for listening. And uh, enjoy the season. It's going to be a very tight one. The NFC West, as they call it, the NFC Best, should be a very fun race this season. Incredible insight. Big thank you to everybody for tuning in to our Ultimate Season Preview. To wrap us up, here's Odyssey Insider Jason Lockenfora with his predictions for the division. You have to consider the L.A. Rams among the most balanced teams in football. It was a truly elite defense a year ago that has absolute blue-chip players. Best of breed when you're talking about a guy like Aaron Donald and someone like Jalen Ramsey. That alone will go a long way in this league. Those two units up front and in the back are elite, and I think the Rams will be okay at linebacker as well. Offensively, Matt Stafford, I'd put some dark horse money on him as an MVP candidate. Certainly someone who will have the opportunity to maybe lead the league in passing. That's an offense that will pick up a lot of easy yak. Matt Stafford is going to be coached in a way he never has before. He's got in Sean McVay, a master play caller, someone who thinks the game like Stafford does, more creature comforts than he's used to. And yes, I know that they're a little bit short on running backs right now, and they made the Sony Michelle trade, but I like the Rams to be able to run the ball as well. That, for me, is the best team in the NFC West. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our eight-part series breaking down all 32 teams across all eight divisions ahead of the 2021 NFL kickoff as the ultimate NFL season preview brought to you by Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network continues. Is it going to be the NFC least for a second consecutive year or is that division in for a massive rebound from the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles? Or can the Washington football team win its second consecutive division title? Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.